into shade with me, Lou Mensah. Shade hears from activists and artists who challenge the stereotypes on race and identity at a time when identity politics is at the forefront of our cultural landscape. This week I chat with Crystal Genesis, journalist, curator, co-founder and host of award-winning independent arts and culture podcast, Stance. Stance offers counter-discourse, giving diverse perspectives on current affairs and sharing stories of those changing the world through culture. Crystal has worked at the BBC producing multi-platform arts and current affairs content and she also curates and chairs festival talks and performance programmes for organisations including the BFI and Tate. In this episode we discuss why Stance was launched, the ethos behind its unique content, including one of my favourite episodes yet on revolutionary mothering. We also hear Crystal's stance on the issues with programming and communication between our arts and broadcasting institutions and our diverse communities. Crystal also offers advice for prospective podcasters before we round up hearing what's next on the agenda for Stance. Launching on Trump's inauguration day, yeah, it was clearly a thing that was like, we can't stand this person. And this is the perfect time to launch, you know, people with, in multidimensional ways, with multidimensional voices, um, when the debate was being so flattened and narrowed by Trump and a lot of what was happening in the newsroom as well. So I think that, yeah, half of it was a kind of reaction mm-hmm. to what was going on. And I felt like it was the only thing that I could do because I came from a journalistic audio background. I also came from a bit of a music background as well. But I came mostly from a journalistic background and I thought this is the only thing that I could do. And it seemed like a good idea. Did you feel like that you could talk about these things within the work that you were doing in journalism? Or was it um, you wanted to carve out your own space with being able to talk like independently and more freely in your own space? Well, it's interesting. I feel like now more of the stuff that I'm talking about would have been a bit more accepted. But back then, um, three, four years ago, probably not, because there's a lot of explaining that you have to do and a lot of persuading that you have to do as well in a newsroom, because that's the whole point. Like everyone's trying to get different story ideas on. And if you're in a newsroom where no one understands any of the things that you're talking about, or they haven't, no one's experienced it, they haven't got any mates like that. I think you'd be surprised the amount of people in the newsroom who probably don't have a black or brown friend. Yeah. So I think you're kind of dealing with that. And again, a lot of the people are very nice. But I think at the moment, like nice isn't good enough. You need people to actually do the job properly and respond to today's questions and what's going on in the world. So I think for me, I knew that it would just be like too difficult to try and do it in that environment. And also, I didn't want to. I wanted to create something new and fresh and different. And I don't think you can do that in a big organisation in the way that I wanted to do it. Like some of the stories and the ideas that you have for series just really resonate. And your revolutionary mothering episode Um, I think that was a couple of episodes ago. I thought that was amazing. How did the idea come about? Yeah, so glad you liked that because I really loved this episode. And that was just the last one. So we just released the most recent one. But yeah, that was the one before on the 1st of October. Mm. Actually, it was Gemma Desai, who was the guest host, who was brilliant. And she was in our episode last summer, I think, when we looked at um, coming of age, Uh. Um, coming of age. And we looked at it through various different perspectives. And one was how we looked at it through film. She's a film programmer. Now, I've been I've kind of interested in mothering and motherhood, but because I am a mum. 
but I've also just hated a lot of the debate and it's made me cringe you know like a lot of what <laughs> out there in terms of mothering yeah. and I feel like it's just like so boring and so middle class yeah. now there's nothing wrong with being middle class but it's just like when you just they just dominate too much and it's mm. just like no one else gets to say I'm like hang on a minute you're just missing out like millions of people so I just didn't want to engage and then Gemma was like oh we should do it and I was like oh I don't want to do it <laughs> and then she kind of explained what she was thinking and then I was like that sounds like a really good idea and then we just shaped the way that we wanted it to be and so yeah it was really important for me to look at like and get out of London look at what's happening in places like Leeds um you know speaking to Millie who studied peace studies and like international politics or relations and you know she's in a situation where because of like you know something that happened in her life she's now like getting food banks and living in extreme poverty yeah it's just so fascinating just to listen but I really like the idea of looking at it in terms of mothering which is kind of what attracted me in the first place because it's something that everyone can do and I think lots of people mother that shouldn't just be something that's just all about a woman who gives birth it's a lot more than that Mm -hmm. Um, it's our mothers it's our friends it's our friends who don't have children like it's the men in our lives you know it's our grandparents or you know that kind of thing so it was important to kind of open that up. And it was great to speak to people like Gabriel Bissett Smith, who's yes. white. His mum's mixed race, but he's actually not white. And it's really interesting. It just really like, as soon as you sort of scratch the surface, I find it just shows you how much things like race are such a social construct. Yeah. Just can't work him out. You know, they just can't work him out. Um, but yeah, so I think that the key for me to wanting to do something like that was it has to be something where it feels like new perspectives and then we got these like global perspectives so it was kind of perfect yeah I really loved it and we received such good uh, feedback about it we could do loads more as well actually we've got so many ideas it was amazing and it's about those voices that we don't usually hear that you do so well but also from perspectives that we don't usually see or we're not aware of there are so many other voices who are saying amazing things but sometimes I won't necessarily do them just because I know that they've already have like lots and lots of coverage already yeah. and that's not to say I don't respect and love those voices because I so do but I'm like okay what else can I bring out that's kind of connected to that or there are some ideas that are branching off from those ideas or like you know talking about it in that way but from a different way so I'm kind of always thinking about that yeah there will be interviews that I'll get and I'll be like I want to get that person yeah they might have done loads of press but I like think they're great whatever um but a lot of the time um we're just looking for that extra bit of information that our listeners for instance won't be able to find you know in the Guardian or on the BBC or like on their other favorite kind of pop culture podcast you know there's an idea at the moment that things are genuinely improving with regards to hearing the voices from people that we don't usually hear from but um I think that's like that's a double-edged sword I don't know if that's so much happening you know the jury's out on that we see uh, strategic appointments of people usually absent from positions of power who are coming into our large institutions particularly the art institutions and we see implementations of like diverse cultural strategies happening as well but at the same time there's an increase in censorship of our voices online 
you know, from, from for everyday people that aren't in these big appointed spaces. Um, there's lots of shadow banning going on on social media. We're hearing a lot more about that. There's a lot of deletion of social media accounts. Um, when people are sharing their experiences of discrimination, they're quite often shut down and their accounts are shut down. There's a similar dynamic in the art world with the art washing that people are talking about as well at the moment. And also there's there's more of a fetishization of our of our voices. There seems to be a, a pretense of an open armed approach, but at the same time, it doesn't really seem to be happening. Yeah, I think it's so complicated, but then also it's so simple in many ways. Mm. I think I think to go back to the thing about lots of people are very nice. I think that's true, but I don't think the critical thinking skills are there just yet mm. uh, or the self-analysis and self-reflection. So I think I'd definitely say that to start off with. Um, I think what's happening right now in terms of what people from sort of wide ranging backgrounds are doing is amazing in the digital space. Um, mm. And I'm really proud of that. And I think we need more people to be doing it. I think a lot of it doesn't need to be perfect. I think some should be perfect. I think some of it should be really specific. I think some should be really wide. So I think for a start, we need like more of this um I feel like yeah there's definitely a time now where there's a boom in interest but I think that's also just because we do make money as well like we do make money and I think that whole idea of oh let's not put a black person on the cover of a magazine because they don't sell you know um it's just nonsense so I think there's that aspect of it but then I also think that people do love our culture as well on the on the other end of it or when I say mm -hmm. our culture I mean like that's not the dominant culture that shoved down people's throats. Yeah. Um, so I think that there people are interested, but again, I think it's the self-analysis and the critical thinking skills. Um, so firstly, you might have like the um, arts council, and they might ask lots of different like quote diverse questions. Hmm. Actually, if you scratch the surface, the questions are just tokenistic because they need to ask further questions within yeah. those questions. So therefore, I think like the way that like people are going about logging and cataloging change or whatever that means, institutions are doing it in the most basic way. So it's not good enough. Hmm. And so therefore, the institutions don't try as well. So there's a lot of probably like fudging going on, probably, I think. Um, also, I think that you're not really like supported as well as you can, as you should be in institutions. I think you are with a lot of people on the ground. Um, obviously, there's lots of allies and this kind of thing. But like if the people at the top don't understand anything that you're talking about, like how do you expect them to like really make real change? Um and there's still that idea that, oh, I don't get it, so it's not good, which is like so arrogant. It like makes me laugh so much. That's like the opposite of like how we should be. You know what I mean? Like if you don't understand it, it's rubbish. It's like mm, you're not supposed to understand everything. Number one. Yeah. Number two, try and open up your mind and have a conversation about it. it. You know, I wasn't around in the 80s when this boom happened as well, which I've heard about in the UK. But I know there was lots of theatre work and like authors and you know you know music telly you know music's always you know done very well on the front facing role but I feel like change has been made just like change was made back then as well so people mm. do stand on the shoulders of giants I'm not talking about myself here I'm talking about like you know amazing people who are doing great work mm. like artists and things like that and and people running theatre so I think that people I think that a lot of change has been made but I think that it's really important to um question why people are doing things especially institutions and what they really want to get out of it because mm. again like I think that we have all these conversations but then there are so many people in different 
organizations or artists working um in a freelance capacity and they're just coming up against like the most arrogant ignorant behavior yeah. i've heard tv is absolutely shocking by the way mm. but again you just it's just that there's not really like enough proper support as well once people are up in those positions you know it's probably very lonely um but also you're just one you're just one person just because you have black or brown skin or you're from a working class background that doesn't really mean like that that much um if it's just one of you you know because exactly. just one like you could be any you could be anything you could be exactly you could be brought up in exactly the same environment as the people that you're like that have hired you yeah, so yeah. again like all this kind of like detailed ways of looking at things is just not there it's yeah. just there what bbc have done which is interesting is they they're, they're pushing um quotas so the bbc have like put through quotas of women you know 50 50 men in high positions and they're doing really really well that's the thing they've actually got women in these positions but it's very interesting the type of women that they've employed they're very much similar women from mm-hmm. similar backgrounds. backgrounds. I know that they probably dispute that and be like, no, I'm different. I went to this private school, not that private school. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. I to grammar school, but you all kind of went to Oxford. So, like, I'm not saying they all did, but the point is it's all quite sort of similar-ish if you're looking, like, at as a nation, you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. And probably all from the South. So, so again, it's like digging a little bit deeper. Like as long as you dig a little bit deeper, you'll just find the holes like everywhere. Um, and in a way, I wish there were loads of pressure groups to do this very thing. Like to basically, I think you do have some, but like who would more, you know? Yeah. So in a way, I think, um, you know, that's not necessarily the answer as well. I don't know. I think it's really complicated, but I think it's yeah. for people to just keep on to creating and to demand more and put hold organizations institutions and people with power and money probably money I'd say because everyone needs money that's nothing that people especially in the arts don't like to think about and I think they need to be like held account big time there are lots I think there are different groups doing different things and again some of these groups have been going for a long time yeah I think it's like the age-old thing I suppose and maybe this is very much from a minority perspective but Mm. I think I think it's also about people like talking and getting together and actually doing stuff but then you know how do you get together like a whole group of people who have different interests you know it's like any community so it's like it's really really complex um and I also think we can do stuff in institutions out of institutions it's really funny having this chat because like I've only worked in institutions you know I've only worked Uh, in institutions I've worked at the BBC for eight years and I've been at the Southbank Centre for nearly three years yeah Um, and then obviously running my podcast I'm independent and I do Mm. what I want but I still work with institutions Mm. and I think I think also the work you know people say institutions this or they or them you know Mm. do this Mm. they don't have to do that I think it's really complicated as well because you're also dealing with like lots of people in institutions who are great I just think a lot of the problem comes the higher you get to the top because their ears are not to the ground they're not particularly artistic or credible in that way a lot of the time um and the arrogance is unreal podcasting has massively democratized broadcasting and yet you know this and I definitely know this you know this like really well it's a huge commitment to produce quality content on a regular basis takes a lot of work what resources can you recommend to people who really do have stories to tell and communities to represent that may make their path 
towards a meaningful audience a little bit easier where can they go I know you've got a podcasting workshop coming up for example but this kind of thing that can help nurture people who who want to get their voices heard through podcasting yeah I think it's really great time to do podcasting at the moment um I think yeah the key thing is to be committed I know this is like so boring but like deadlines you know just like don't miss deadlines Mm. and just make sure that you're consistent so, you know, to start with the series and do like six or something and plan them way ahead before you do anything. And then also think about social media, like what um, things are you interested in and start posting and things like that. And I would say get Audacity, which is a free editing software to start off with. I still had that to start off with and it's really good. And I think that's really good. And then you can just host it on SoundCloud for free as well. So mm-hmm. that's the things that I would do. And also know who like writes about them. Again, that's kind of like tricky, but just know who they are and then send them a message or, you know, social media message and say, hi, um, I make this podcast. Might you be interested? I think that I should hope that a lot of people reviewing are journalists themselves so they understand that it's important to try and find new stuff and not just stuff that's fed to them because you're also dealing with lots of big podcasts especially ones fronted by celebrities where they have huge teams working on promotions so Mm. you're also in a lot of the time I think they like those podcasts but they know that those podcasts are only successful because of the person fronting it and because the mammoth amount of money that they put behind promoting it so a lot of the time they would be interested in what someone has to say who's for instance not making it in London and making it from in a small town in Shropshire you know so I think that like people would be interested in that um but it's just about making sure you target the right people so journalists who are writing about it make sure it's really clear what you're doing um and then have some kind of social media as well Mm, that's cool and finally when you're not doing all of this and you're recalibrating and taking time out for all of this work that you do I really like to hear about the particular creative inspirations that inspire you what's yours what do you do for your chill out time oh god chill out (laughs) no not chill out there's probably no such Uh, thing is there with kids I know I know definitely hanging around with friends and family they're definitely at creative inspirations hanging around with them chatting to them I just saw you at the Lizzo concert that was so good it was so loud you wouldn't believe (laughs) so loud the amount of like screaming people dancing for me like going to a club listening to some really good like electronic music (laughs) or like jungle or like drum bass reggae you know it's like listening to some really good music and I love dancing you're out there that's wicked I, I basically go to yoga and put Netflix on what's coming up next from Stance just before we go what are you working on Stance has just come out now we looked at the theme of disappeared with a report um, in Iraq we looked at the people who have disappeared we also looked at Mexico which will soon disappear if radical actions are taken and then we also interviewed the author and academic Sadia Hartman looking at women born at the turn of the 20th century um, African-American women who like were revolutionising like how African American women should live. So that was really cool. And then we interviewed Amber Marks, the New York-based singer, um, as a profile. And then an artsy piece, we went to Philadelphia, which was great. Philadelphia is a really cool city. Um, and we looked at the mural art scene there, which is kind of it's known as the largest, the nation's largest public art gallery in America because there's like so many beautiful murals. So we did that. And then the next one coming up. Um, we are looking at happiness. So I also guest host on BBC uh, Radio Podcast Hour, 
and we looked at happiness and I wanted to do it a bit more and more detailed so we're doing some more um a piece on that so we've got a few we have a few interviews looking at happiness um and then um I also am running yeah podcast courses with the Tate free podcast courses um and then I'm also going to be working with an organization called Maslaha um m-a-s-l-a-h-a and we're doing an event at the tate on thursday the 23rd of january 2020 um which is from six to nine which will be really exciting and me and masaha are going to celebrate muslim women in film with a discussion sport and spoken word so drop off sessions yeah it'll be some like drop-in sessions of poetry and fencing and then we're going to watch a film and then have a chat with like really interesting people oh like that. so that will be happening there a lot of different events and um stance sort of will continue to go Whoa!